welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's safety chat. Hi, this is Nick Coya with the Portage County Safety Council, and we just finished up our monthly luncheon where we had an amazing presentation from an individual named Rich. And Rich has uh, agreed to stay behind and talk to us, do a short podcast to cover all the amazing information he had. So welcome, Rich. Thank you, Nick. Good to be here. Thank you. You know, your presentation was called The Real Cost of Safety, and it really hit home on a lot of important points that I think we talk about a lot, but then we take for granted out in the safety world. So tell us a little bit about yourself first, though, and what you do and, and how you ended up in this world of safety. I was born and raised in Western PA around Pittsburgh area. After school, I started to get into what college to go to. And I was working construction during the summer months. I've worked through the summers as a laborer's helper, electrician's helper while I was going to school. And then that's how I basically got into safety. So you really have a good understanding of basically both sides of the coin because you've been out there in the trenches per se, uh, you know, slinging the hammer, uh, digging the trenches and doing some hard work. But then you switched over to the other side and are trying to help protect those workers now too. And you have that education background. Yeah. And the other thing is they just asked me to come up and teach. So I'm going to be teaching up there next semester. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's just, you know, kind of goes to show all the way around. You have that experience and and now they're recognizing that. So, you know, your focus today, as we talked on the real cost of safety, was really a basic premise and that's a JSA and focusing and doing those JSAs. So tell our listeners a little bit about what the JSA is and and why that piece is important. Yeah. the, The job safety analysis is basically, I explain it as your company language because every company does things different. No JSA is the same. And you have to teach your workers how to speak your language. And the JSA is an important pre-planning tool that everybody needs to do because we're human beings. We make mistakes. And if it's not written down and reviewed every day, we're going to make those mistakes. And as you've seen in my presentation, a big mistake was made and we skipped the JSA process altogether. So pre-planning is key when it comes to uh, safety, you know, plan your work and work the plan. Yeah, you know, that, that safety break, that JSA is so important. A lot of times when I go out and instruct with uh, companies, I talk about taking that five-second safety break to, you know, pause before we start this task. Let's make sure we're on task with that JSA and let's check each other to make sure we're safe. And today during this presentation, you talked about the failure of not taking that safety break without doing that JSA. And, you know, it, it was actually a pretty impactful story. When you tell this story about yourself and, and I'm right about that age myself and I have a two and four-year-old and man, it just really hit me in the gut to be like, wow, I need to think about some of these things when I'm out there. Elaborate a little bit. What happened where you skipped that JSA? Well, we were in a rush. We were in a hurry. We were off-site getting trained on how to use this high-pressure water lance. And we woke up at 3 a.m. that morning and uh, I picked the, the fellas up and we drove up to New Jersey. And like I said, everybody was in a rush. Everybody was in a hurry because we wanted to save the day. We wanted to fix those cells that we made a mistake and we didn't want the boss to find out, you know, our $250,000 mistake. We were going to fix it for 25000 So we went up, we got the training and we failed to do the most important thing was to talk to each other, fill out the JSA pre-plan. I think it was a little confusing because we were off-site, but we were still getting paid. We're still doing work duties. We still should have done that. So you have this this rush feeling that we all get on those job sites. You know, the job's got to get done. Time is money. Let's push forward. 
might be somewhere where we normally don't work and then construction that happens often. And so then we skip this JSA and in your case, you skipped it and it ended up in a pretty catastrophic injury. And As you know, I was the individual that got hurt. Both my legs were almost removed from my body that day. And uh, somebody was looking out for me that day and my workers came to the rescue. You know, I trained them in first aid and CPR and they dove on top of me. Everything had to work perfectly. You heard in the 911 call, the gentleman that was barking the orders out back and forth, back and forth, did an awesome job. You know, if you're hurt, that's the person you want to make your call. He wasn't panicking. He wasn't doing, you know, false information. He was telling exactly what to do. And those individuals saved my lives. And uh, the paramedics that showed up, they knew exactly what to do. So, you know, skipping a simple step like the JSA led to this life-changing piece for you. And, yes. And thank heavens today you're here and you're able to tell this story and, and show what happens when you don't follow those JSAs that, you know, that one time. And the, it's the safety guy who was involved too and, and skipped the JSA. Here's the result of that. It's embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> well, but we're human, right? We're, yeah. we're human. And, and I know, you know, as myself, as the safety guy, that's the fun game between me and my friends. I got a lot of construction workers and I do a lot of side work and the game is this. Let's catch the safety guy doing something unsafe. Exactly. Right? Because, you know, they get a kick out of it, but we're human and we make those mistakes. Especially nowadays, you know, everybody's putting their Christmas lights up outside and everything. And I'm over there with my neighbor, like trying to fill out a JSA with him and he's cracking up at me, you know? He's like, I'm just hanging Christmas lights and you want to go through this pre-checklist before I get up on the ladder. But but it does have a big piece for it. Yeah. Um, and, and it didn't affect you just that day. It had a, it's had a long-term effect yeah, on you. Yeah, it still is affecting me. Um, I can't do the things I love to do. Uh, my wife and I used used to live in Colorado and uh, I worked four tens out there and we'd ski Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, you know, my kids, they want to learn how to ski, snowboard. And I was taught by my parents how to do that stuff and my uncles. Now I can't teach them the way that I was taught. I have to depend on someone else to do that. And I'm lucky because I have family. I have my brothers and they step in. But it's 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 not good enough for me because I want to be there to experience those life changing events with them, learning how to ski, learning how to water ski, learning how to do other events, uh, other things outside. And it, it's really tough. You sit there and watch them, and you wish you could do it. Yeah, I, I you know I couldn't even imagine what what that has to feel like sometimes. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of this, we can say there's some positives that came out of this. First, you're going around and, and you give these these presentations, talk to different communities, and this is a great engaging event that really. I could see it in all of our members' faces as, as they sat there. The entire group was engaged, and, and I had many people come up afterwards saying, wow, this was powerful, and it really makes us rethink how we're going to do things tomorrow. That's good, because uh, like I told you in the presentation, it, it took me a while to get back to normal. I went through five psychologists and, and some psychiatrists, and, and it took me a while to get back to normal. And the thing that really brought me back was the last person, uh, the psychologist I went to, had a, a plan, a JSA. It wasn't called a JSA. Right. It was this fancy shrink term, you know, that he had. And it looked like a JSA. And I said, this is going to work. Because he said, these are the steps. This is what's going to happen. This is why. And one of the steps is going and giving this presentation and sharing a living lessons learned, basically, to the crowd. Well, you know, I could go out and give a presentation all day long on JSAs. And, you know, we plant seeds, right? And yep. safety, that's what we do. But then when you tie this real life lesson to it, I think it really helps cultivate and grow that plant at that point and, and really drives home that message. And, and that's what you're doing. So, you know, while it was this horrific accident, you know, long term looking at this, you're changing lives across the United States and really having a powerful impact on people. I'm good to hear that you got great feedback, but probably the best feedback ever I got. I, I've, I've probably done this speech 600 times 
all over the globe. I've been to Australia and China and Africa and, and Panama and Canada. But here in Pittsburgh, when I gave a speech, there was an iron worker that came up to me afterwards and he stared me in the face and he was crying. He's like, Rich, he said, for 15 years, I've been fighting with my safety department because they want me to do this, this and this. And don't they know I'm a professional and I know what to do? And he looked at me and he said, it only took you one hour to explain why we need to do this. And he says, I'll never fight with my safety department again. And he thanked me again for doing that. So I knew I was doing something special when that individual told me that. And, and that we get similar feedback. And the newer one that we do, my wife comes with me and she gives her feedback. And I'm here to tell you, there's not a dry eye in the whole house, even my own. Because I put her through hell, basically. And I put my kids through hell also. So I don't want, I want to be a living lessons learned. Well, you know, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. We can tell people about it, but it's the why that we struggle sometimes to explain. And this, your story answers that why question. Definitely. And I I appreciate you guys really bringing me here because you probably don't realize it, but you're helping me by letting me speak about it more and more and more. The more I speak about it, the better I feel because I'm constantly in pain from the knees down. I'm walking around and all the doctors want to do is give me drugs, drugs, drugs. And I refuse. It, It keeps me going. It keeps me going. It really does. Right. You know, I love how you ended your presentation presentation kind of with your five takeaways. And I think they apply to every industry, not just construction, every industry out there. These five takeaways can really help, you know, change that direction of your safety program if you have nothing in place. Or if you have a program and you want to refresh it, these takeaways are a good place to start. So yeah, let's definitely. talk about those a little bit. The five takeaways are more boots on the ground. And when done correctly, you get the results that I showed you in, in, in the presentation itself. The first one, the JSA process, like I said, it's your company language. Teach it. Don't just throw it to the workers and say, hey, you know, the safety guy wants you to fill this out every day before you go to work or when conditions change. Teach them. Everybody needs to be on the same platform. They need to understand it. It is your language. And what we used to do is we used to rotate. It wasn't always the foreman all the time because those are your future leaders out there. Right. So we would rotate. It was overseen by the safety department and by the foreman and the supervisors. The second thing was the, the huddle, the morning huddle. It's normally they're passing a the clipboard around, everybody's signing off and they're gone. And it's usually one person talking one direction and that's it. We teach them to have two-way conversation with your workers. Because like I told you, those are your assets out there. Those workers have been to many, many different sites. And they've probably seen and done what we're about to do right now. So I want their input. Yeah, there is so much knowledge in the workforce that I think sometimes we we forget about that. Exactly. Especially in construction, people jump from company to company sometimes. And they bring with them better ideas, better ways from where they came. And they've seen bad stuff too. And they don't want it to happen again either. So they share their information. You know, the next one is the safety inspections. It's usually the safety person going out being the police. You know, and we all know we're not police. We're there to help and understand the whole safety management function. And what I tell people is it shouldn't just be us. I ask the boss, can I bring a worker with me? Because those workers know the job site 10 times better. And it gets everybody involved in the safety process. Because I told you, if you ask your workers who's in charge of safety here and they don't raise their hand, we're going to have an issue. Right. Well, you know, and I see the issue when I walk out on the job sites with individuals and I'm walking with the safety guy and you see the hard hat come on, the safety glasses come down. You know, it's just a safety competentiality and it's it's not working. It's not working. And the next one is the lessons learned in near miss that we, we spoke about. And people don't know the difference between the lessons learned and the near miss. They think it's the same. But as I told you, a lesson 
lessons learned is when somebody gets hurt, something gets damaged, we stop. We put procedures in place to make sure it never happens again. Like the company I work for, they put procedures in place to make sure no one ever gets cut by water ever again. A near miss is when an action occurs, but nobody gets hurt and nothing gets damaged. So there's a difference there. And the number one reason why someone doesn't want to report a near miss is because they think they're going to get in trouble. Well, and it's, it comes down to culture in the company to reiterate exactly. that this isn't to get anybody in trouble. This is to make us stronger and better. And I think that we lack sometimes selling that information to our employees. That, listen, safety affects the bottom line, which affects what we can pay you and the equipment we exactly. can get you. So report that. We're not looking to get you in trouble. We're looking to make yes. a stronger workforce. So we need to back that up, that there is a difference between breaking a safety rule and reporting a near miss. Okay. And then the last one I, I truly believe in is once we as the safety personnel do the safety orientation, the boss, either the owner, the project manager, the superintendent needs to come in and talk to the new employees just about safety. And that's it. And the companies I've worked in the, for in the past, they truly believe that safety is everyone's responsibility. And that superintendent or that project manager, or that owner is setting the tone right off the bat that safety is everybody's responsibility. Rich just gave you the tools to be safe. And if you're not going to use those tools, you're not going to work here. That's powerful because, you know, people look to senior yeah. leadership and, it, you know, if they say, yeah, you know, get together for your safety meeting, now go out and push, push, push. Yep. Well, all they hear is production, production, production. They exactly. never hear that word safety. Exactly. And the best companies I've worked for, they've done that. The reason being is, like I told you in the speech, they're thinking two steps ahead because the worst thing that we have to do is to go to somebody's spouse and say they're not coming home. They're right. not coming home. And I've done, like I said, I've done it twice in my career and I never want to do it again. Well, Rich, thank you so much for coming out and giving this presentation on the real cost of you safety. Bet, we thank you for traveling over here. Everyone out there, be safe and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.